When did you decide to kill Chico? We know you did it, Maria. You just don't know why. A crime of passion, perhaps? Love is the most corrosive emotion. Leads us to our worst extremes. You're wrong. My love for Chico was the only thing that kept me going. His love for me saved me. And now, as he disappears and my life crashes down around me, you have the gall to implicate me? Do you know what that tells me? You know nothing about love. story of Shugulan. Her father was killed in front of her by a cruel warlord. His head stuck on a pike. Gulan was a girl with no means to exact revenge, so she waited. Ten long years later, a grown woman, she tracked her father's killer to a monastery and publicly shot him three times in the head. She didn't run. Her crimes were considered an act of filial piety. And in the end, they pardoned her. By telling the truth, she saved her own life. Alright, alright, y'all, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. This is a Deadly Class Act. This is the Carefree Black Nerd Review over Rick Remender, Wes Craig, Image Comics, and now Sci-Fi's hit TV show, Deadly Class. We have made it all the way to episode 6, 6 of 10, 6 of 10. Ah, man, it's, I'm sad this show is going to be ending pretty soon. This is, um... Episode 6, Stigma Martyr. Marcus and Maria, now dating, in secret rather, have to deal with the ramifications of Chico's murder. Now guys, when you're listening to this episode of A Deadly Class Act, and when you're watching Deadly Class, and when you're doing anything Deadly Class related, (laughs) use that hashtag ADCAPod, and let me know that you're listening, and make this a conversation. Yes, yes, yes. So... Y'all, a lot of shit has gone on. Um, God, a lot of shit is going on. Oh, also, uh, hit me up on Twitter, Carefree Blurred, and uh, let me know you're listening. But no, a lot of shit is going on. So, Deadly Class, I am so happy with this show. It's not without its flaws, but I am very, very, very much happy about this show. Now, we 
are a month out from Vegas, the events of Vegas. It's been a month since they've killed Billy's dad. It's been a month since Chico's been murdered. It's been a month since Maria decided not to flee the country. It's been a month since they got high at that Woodstock festival. And that's cool, <laughs> for lack of a better term. So we open up on some interrogations. So Madam Gao, who we find out later on, is Lynn, Master Lynn's sister. She is visiting the school. She is the internal affairs, talking shit, trying to get folks to spill their guts. Um, should we open up on interrogating Maria, and then once Maria is done pleading her case, Saya walks in, and that's it. Now, after that, we get the girls, which I really, really enjoyed. The girls, Saya, Maria, and Brandy, who I'm not a fan of, in the courtyard, going through their training, where their ninja training, which is um, uh, combat, hand-to-hand -hand combat, I believe. Now, uh, taking a couple steps back, we get Marcus with his oh-so-fateful voiceovers, and he's kind of going over the events of Vegas, and him and Maria, now that they're dating, he's kind of dealing with not kind of, he is dealing with her and the things that happened in Vegas, his part in all of it, which he pretty much, you know, says that Maria killed her boyfriend to save me. Chico is dead and now Maria is investigating his murder. Uh, Maria was charged with the task of investigating and finding out who killed Chico by Chico's dad, the devil, uh, something, something Diablo. We later find out that he is the, he's not the, biblical devil but he's the devil and i don't know shit just goes downhill from there so while homegirls are having their hand-to-hand -hand combat brandy now i have a few things this 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 episode really fucked me up um and i'll tell you why in a second so pretty much we have the, the combat hand-to-hand -hand with brandy and them then we move on to marcus and the crew marcus has a new job him and willie work at a comic book shop and then we have this kind of through line of Madame Gao, 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 <laughs> dealing with the school and how it's very different from when she was young, her and Master Lin being raised differently and going through different paths and how she would run things. And then we ultimately end up with a surprise that uh, Marcus is not out of the clear. So taking a few steps back to this hand-to-hand -hand combat fight, I... I'm not a fan of Brandy uh, through nature of her being a redneck, racist, white swastika drawing racist, period. Um, her character on the show, I felt, was very boring and lazy. Yeah, she's racist and I can take the racism from that character. But when that's the only defining thing about her, it's lazy. This episode, we got a bit more, and uh, dare I say, I sided with her on a lot of things. Not a, Well, on some things, not a lot. So what happens is, after the interrogations, Brandy, Maria, and Saya are, are talking in the courtyard. As an audience member, we don't know this until it happens, but they're waiting for these ninjas to attack them so that they can defend themselves because they're in hand-to-hand -hand combat class. Well, Brandy is getting under Saiyuski, uh, Maria Skin, excuse me. She's like, oh, well, you know, I know that you love Chico. And you know when I realized that you loved him? During that pop quiz where you gave that antidote to everybody and then to Chico and you hesitated. Like that, it was a good callback to an episode that happened before. 
in a way that makes it all matter. Not that that didn't matter at the time, but this show has an overarching theme and an overarching thing that's going on, but you don't want to fall into this groove of every show or episode standing alone and not impacting the others. So I do like that, you know, if you're a random person off the street and you watch that, you may not know what she's talking about. You'll believe her because it's what the show is telling you. But if you've seen that episode, it makes Brandy's uh, little rant a little bit more uh, heavy and important. So Saya is practicing her katana shit. She's swiping at the air. Maria is laying on her back on this like slab of concrete with her uh, fans. And it, Brandy has her pom-poms. They get attacked by the ninjas. While doing so, Brandy, which they cut a line out of the show where Brandy is looking at her compact uh, putting on or about to put on lipstick and then the ninjas come down and so she gets ready to fight well in the original version Brandy says oh looks like the fiesta has begun or something to that extent I'm wondering why they cut that out because I remember seeing that in promotional um, videos maybe one or two maybe one if I'm being quite honest and I remember her saying I was like oh shit it must be some Latinos or who, who they're fighting but it was I don't know well Maybe that part just hasn't come yet, but if my memory serves me right, that whole scene is the exact same scene, but that's neither here nor there. So they get to fighting. Uh, I can't really count the body count or whatever. I don't because I just saw them fighting and I took it as the fight. Uh, it's later determined that Saya took out four ninjas. Maria got a C because she... Something, it was, oh, he was like, yeah, you're pretty, because she was in her, you know, full-on cultural garb, and he was in face paint, he was like, yeah, it's pretty, but it wasn't doing shit, Saya got an A, and Brandy failed, Brandy failed, because during this fight, Saya came down off of some move, and charged towards one ninja, Brandy, I don't know if she failed, or if she, like, flipped back, and slid, almost like, you know, a baseball move, so that she could trip Saya and then continue fighting. Uh, so he failed her. And he was like the 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 professor. And I forget his name. But it's the white guy in the tracksuit. Who um, who was in the previous episode. When Marcus, Saya, and Maria were in the makeshift hostage situation. So. <sighs> Madam Gao. Oh, Madam G. I'm going to say just Madam G. She's leaning against the back of the. She's in the courtyard with everyone else. So she's like, after he gives out his determined grades or whatnot, she says, well, no, change the grade. Saya failed and Brandy should get an A. Because Brandy's like, no, fuck that, motherfucker. I took out the most goddamn people. I won this. Now, this is where I start to side with Brandy. I think from the outside looking in, everyone did good. What I think, the reason why I side with Brandy is because Yes, she took out the most ninjas or whatnot, but she also took down Saya. What Madam G said is that change Saya's grade because she should have foreseen what Brandy did. Where the professor was like, no, Brandy, you play dirty in my class and that's it. Madam G's like, you a fucking liberal. That's not how this works. She walks over to Saya, grabs her arm, do some move, knock her to the ground and break that bitch. So, 
when I say that bitch, I mean her arm. And it fucked me up because I didn't expect that. And I didn't know the reach of Madam G. I didn't understand what her character was at this point. We had only seen her one other episode, and there was no uh, backstory given. It was just we knew that this was either an equal or a superior to Master Lin. Well, she broke that little girl arm. Uh, Marcus had to politely walk over and snap that bitch back into place. And she was like, no, change the grade. And he, the liberal dude was like, no, I'm not changing her grade. Now, the reason why I'm siding with Brandy and with Madam G on this is because this is an assassin school. This isn't like a regular high school where we were playing a game, Brandy played dirty, and now she's disqualified. No, this is a school for assassins. Like, And never once did you say this is a team building activity. You have to work together. That wasn't even implied because this was a hand-to-hand combat class, and you gave out these individual grades. You never said, well, you know, Sai, you didn't work well with others and this and that. Like, this is just hand-to-hand combat. So I feel like, though Brandy was playing dirty, Madam G had a point. How in the fuck you, Saya, out here fighting and trying to keep this great score and whatever else, but you don't foresee you're working with a racist redneck, self-proclaimed, mind you, of the Dixie Mob who don't give a fuck about you. She don't like brown folks at all. It, as no matter how fair-skinned you are, you're still a person of color. Like, she's not interested. And Brandy even went so far as to say, which I'm kind of on the fence about agreeing with this. This is one of those points where I'm not sure. So, y'all hit me up and we can talk about it. Brandy says to Matt, uh, Madam G, uh, yeah, and it's a lot of favoritism and racism going on. And she may not have said racism, but she pretty much was saying that there's favoritism. And... Brandy was like, no, no, I'm not one of the favorites. And it's the truth. Master Lin favors Saya over everyone else, pretty much. Saya over everything. And I don't know the extent of their relationship. I don't even understand what it is. But what we've been presented with so far, she may be his little spy or something. But it just, it's it's favoritism. And if we can see it and Brandy can see because <laughs> she says something to the effect of, I don't know if it's daddy issues or if it's, you know, she's one of his foot soldiers, but there is obvious favoritism. And I'm with her because if you have a school for assassins, but this is also something that I brought up a couple episodes ago where Max Lynn, how in the fuck do you run a school for assassins with all different people from all different backgrounds and walks of life? You are an Asian man. There is going to be some kind of favoritism at the very least projected onto you because you share the race of a person of a, of a group of people at this school. You you have to be hard on everyone equally or else you're going to look soft. And that's how I feel. That's what I feel is played out is that, of course, you're Asian and it may be unfair, but you are an Asian man who is at the head of the school who has this close relationship with this Asian girl. But th- that aside, you share um, characteristics or you more closely represent a certain sect of students at this school you just gotta, you gotta be on everybody's ass, so, I don't know, I just, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily fault him for it, but I do think that it's obvious, it was obvious to me as a viewer, so of course, Brandy, who's going to and attending the school, though, you know, she may complain regardless, this was a legitimate concern, who the fuck, who, what the fuck y'all got going on, you and Lil Sire, so, that was something I was begrudgingly, uh, on Brandy's side with, like, man, you can't, and she said, you know, I took out the most folks, and when Brandy said that, 
coupled with the professor uh, praising Saya because she took out X amount of guys, I was like, well, maybe the assignment was just about taking down the most ninjas. He even made a snide comment about, you know, when they're coming at you one at a time, it's easier or something. But now that I look back on the episode, I'm thinking, does Saya have this perfect record because Master Lin is instructing professors to take it easy on her or to uh, make sure that she's in a position to win? Like, it hasn't been explicitly said, but a combination of all these different things over the last few episodes has me thinking, maybe Saya doesn't even know that she's the favorite to the extent that she is because later in the episode Lin and Gao, Madam G, they talk and he says something like, you know, there's something special with her and then Master, Madam Gao turns to him and says, oh, you do have your favorites, which is like, oh shit okay, you know, you know, real talk you have your favorites, motherfucker so, um, yeah that happened. I think we know that if I'm remembering correctly and I just don't want to go back and, and listen and find out but in the first episode we found out that Master Lin's family was killed and that was partly the reason why he started to you know, joined with the school or something something to that effect um, we of course find out later on that Madam Gao and him are siblings. They weren't raised together. At 8 years old she was sent off to China and he for whatever test that she was going to take, which I guess decides who takes over the family or who rises to the ranks at owning the school, because she said something to the effect of, if you weren't my brother, you wouldn't be running this school or something. Something that led me to think that she was in the running to run the school. Well, Master Lin was like, well, you know, it's not my fault that, you know, they sent you to China. And she was like, well, I was eight years old. And he was like, yeah, well, at eight, you are who you're going to be. And I don't know how I feel about that. But pretty much he was saying, you were this person at eight years old. Our parents saw fit to send you away. And that's what it is. And she's like, well, you took, no, he says, Master Lin's like, oh, I took the test, the green book or some shit. And she's like, yeah, you took it at 18. I took that shit at eight. So... There's some shit that's, that needs to be explored there that I'm very much looking forward to because these two motherfuckers are badass. They're very attractive, which it doesn't really matter. But again, I do like that we have these two Asian characters who look good and they are capable and not the butt of a joke. Um, yeah, so there's that. Then we later on find out, spoiler, Master Lin's family ain't dead. So the chick we saw him kicking it with a couple episodes ago, where I thought either she was like a secret lover, or maybe a sex worker, or maybe just some chick he knew. It turns out that's his fucking wife. And when she was talking about, oh, it was the episode where homeboy, the white guy, the white professor of potions and shit, he was killed. No, no, not killed. He fought Lin and ran away. And Master Lin talked with homegirl, and she was, he was like, well, if they find him, you know, he's dead meat and whatever. She's like, well, they never found me. I don't know why I didn't put two and two together. I guess I just wasn't invested in Lin like, Master Lin like that. But we find out that his wife and daughter are not fucking dead. So clearly, and it helps and hurts him. It helps him because it humanizes him. And I'm like, oh, man, you know, he get to have his cake and eat it too. But it hurts him because I'm thinking, nigga, you... You are a fraud. You are soft. Now, this is going to sound weird because I'm, I know, of course, you would rather have your family alive. But I'm thinking you've 
Find a way to hide them away. You're being lax on the way that you're allowing kids to look. Because I think his sister said something to the effect of, Didn't, have you not taught these students that our kind should be felt but forgotten? After she made a comment about they got colorful hair, piercings in their nose, tattoos and shit. So you're being lax all around the board. Then you have your favorites and then you're taking in these strays and you see this potential in them. And you're you're doing things that are so far removed from the traditional where we used to be that now what else are you overlooking? Now that is bad, but I'm thinking that's also a way kind of um, to show Master Lin in a capable light saying you can have your cake and eat it too but i'm just so scared now now that we know that his wife and daughter are not dead somebody is going to kill them <laughs> i was thinking like no nah, fam your sister won't that school she don't like the way you run and shit this is her legacy just as much as it is yours she gonna kill your family like and she gonna find out homeboy got away and she gonna kill him too if she don't already know like things ain't looking good i don't think you know this is a bit of a deviation from the comics, but I don't, I don't know if Master Lin gonna make it, dog. His sister seemed like a badass. So, sister who fought with homeboy, the professor about changing Brandy's grade, they meet up again at the last class of the episode, which was uh, atypical combat. Was that it? Yeah, where you were you were learning about like biting noses and pulling balls and kicking dicks and and ribs, jots and whatever else. But before the students could even learn, homeboy with the tracksuit, professor, he's there, and then the chick, who God, what does she teach? Uh, I forget. But homegirl with the ponytail, who Marcus wants to sleep with, or not Marcus? Willie said he'd like to sleep with. They're both together to teach whatever this class is. In walks Madam G with all the fucking cheerleaders. Brandy is at the head and she's like, uh, you know, this motherfucker did some shit, whatever. I don't know. So, Madam G's like, why you didn't change Brandy's grade? He's like, I told you, lady, I ain't changing that fucking grade. Which leads me to believe that nobody knows who she is. Because when he kept calling her lady uh, or something to that effect. And he never said your master Lynn's sister. He never addressed her with any form or kind of uh, respect. I don't know. Respect ain't the word. But you know, y'all get what I'm saying. He never addressed her in a familiar way. Like looking at it as a regular school, he was a teacher who was not addressing a superintendent or addressing a principal or a vice principal he was just like talking to this random ass person that's here at this school uh so anyways what happens is he and her get the fighting he does not land one blow i mean he might but she whoops his ass ended up turning him around where his arm is behind his back and his head is in her hand Woo! she says brandy Give, let him know the grade that you think you deserve. No, show him the grade you think you deserve and don't ever let him forget it or make sure he doesn't forget. Brandy pulls one of these, because I didn't say before, her pom-poms are like, kind of like, not brass knuckles, but the knuckles with the knives on them. She pulls off one of her knives from her pom-pom and scratches an A, the letter A, a scarlet letter in this man's forehead. And she pretty much... Does a little cheerleading, you know, give me an A type. And it's, the shit is so off. But 
I'm on Brandy's team on this because this is an assassin school. Who are you to, because of your personal beliefs, not give me the grade I deserve? At the same time, this is his class and he decides how guys are graded and what they're graded on. But I have to rest on this is an assassin school. Yes, she played dirty, <coughs> but Saya could have played just as dirty then. If that's the case, like, one, Saya should have saw this coming. And two, once she tripped her, Saya should have sliced her fucking leg open and kept it moving. Like, I just feel like, folks, this is an assassin school and we get that, but it hasn't been a heavy show until this episode. And I think that that was part of it. So, I'm not on Brandy's team, but I understood where she was coming from. And I think that she did deserve that A, or at the very least, her and Saya needed to both have a passing grade. Um, so there's a, a, a kind of backstory of background story of Maria dealing with bipolar and I think being bipolar rather and not taking her medicine and just a lot of shit that she's dealing with and she starts to act out and act wild. And one thing that I felt for her was that everyone kept asking her, are you on your meds? Are you off your meds? This is coming from someone, me, who is just finished up the latest season of, uh, Shameless. And we know the character Ian on there is dealing with uh, mental issues and having medications and whatnot. And so seeing that and having that kind of knowledge in my head and then seeing the way that they're dealing with Maria, though this is a prick quicker than what we've dealt with with Ian, it was still like how frustrating that must be for you to have a condition that people quote unquote support you and they want to make sure that you're okay. But then whenever something happens, even though in this case it was warranted, they're asking you about your medication or are you off your meds? Are you taking meds? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? As if you can't be upset. Maria didn't go off of her medication just for the hell of it. You killed your boyfriend. You're in a, like she said, I'm in a relationship with Marcus now. It's a healthy relationship. I'm the happiest I've ever been. I don't need my meds. That's a lie. Please take your meds, everyone, and drink plenty of water. But in the context of the show, I get what she was saying. Uh, I don't support it because, again, take your meds, everyone. This is your friendly reminder. Take your meds and drink your water. But I know it had to have been frustrating for everyone to be coming at you with some, have you taken your meds? You're acting crazy. You're acting different. You're acting this. You're acting that. Even though, again, in this case, I felt like it was warranted because she was off her meds and acting erratically. Um, there was a scene on the rooftop with Petra, Marcus, Billy, and Saya. Billy, another side note who loves Petra is being mean to her, making her think that he don't like her. Cause he feel like that'll be the thing that'll get her to like him, whatever. So Maria bursts through the doors. There you are. Marcus kisses him, tell him that she want to go dancing. He don't want to go dancing. She calls him a little bitch. He says something like little bitch, a big bitch. I only have those two settings, something snarky. And she said, well, if you don't want to go dancing, I know something else you'll want to do. And she deep kisses him. And he's like, not, touching her and I don't know exactly what was supposed to be portrayed here I'm thinking that it's because they haven't had sex him Marcus and Maria but that she was sexually harassing him or maybe she was a bit too aggressive or he I, I really don't know how to take it because when when she when Saya took Maria out of the off of the roof Marcus and Petra were talking and Petra said something to the effect of, I won't tell anyone. I promise I won't ever tell anyone. But I'm thinking like, 
is there something that's either missing or something that I'm just not getting where is it that he didn't perform or he wasn't aggressive? I'm, I'm honestly asking because I don't understand. So, listeners, please hit me up. ADCAPod on Twitter, Carefree Blurred, or even Instagram, Carefree Black Nerd. And let me know because I'm not sure as to what that was supposed to be, what was supposed to be conveyed there. I don't, I really don't get it. And um, I'm hoping someone can explain it a little bit to me, like a kid or something, because I don't understand. Um, so, all that happens. Now, we get Shabam getting attacked by Victor and the other Russians in the bathroom. And Mark is like, yeah, motherfucker, I know you like Shab- Shabaman or whatever. You trying to, every time you fuck with him, it's in the shower. He half naked or whatever else. Which this scene, I believe, sets off events of something else that happens down the line. I know y'all weren't going to think I was going to make the whole episode of <laughs> Deadly Class Act and not mention the comic. But there's a, a series of things that happens that I'm very much looking forward to, and I'll say this much, Shabanam, Shabanam, Shabanab, he gets, he he gets his shit, and I, I'm, I'm there for it, I'm hoping that the show picks that up, so, that, whatever, so, uh, he's fucked up shit, and Shabanam is mad about it, uh, fast forward to the end, no, 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 take some steps back. So, of course, my complaint, my biggest complaint with this show is, where the fuck are the black women? Where are the black women? God damn it. Where the fuck are they? And we got one. Gabrielle. So, there's a chick, Gabrielle, who visits the comic shop that Willie and Marcus works at, works for. She runs into Willie and she's kind of slowly flirting with him, acting like she don't know nothing about comics. And he's dealing with the PTSD of the death of uh, Chico, the shit in Vegas, having to have this one persona at school, another one at home, and whatever. So he lashes out. Marcus gives him a wake-up call like, man, this chick is in here. She's flirting with you and you being a dick. Willie goes to talk to her and she's like, you know, I don't need your help. I like comics. I'm in here for Alan Moore and for Watchmen and this and that. What I like is that this girl is a beautiful black girl. She fit the show as far as the aesthetic, the look. And her and Willie are cute together. Gabby, I don't know if we'll see her anymore. First thing that came into mind when I saw her on screen is she's going to die. I don't want her to get close to Willie just for this show to kill her off, to teach him a lesson. I'm hoping that doesn't happen. So my new campaign is protect Willie and protect Gabby at all costs. Protect them, protect them, protect them. (laughs) So that happened. Lastly, the most fucked up thing that made this show so dark for me, there has been uh, the burnt face guy, the fuck, the Chester, uh, Chester, whatever. He's been in the background setting up camera, killing people on camera, trying to get Phil Donahue's attention, find out he didn't even have a tape in the recorder, so, but whatever. He calls the school to talk to Marcus. Marcus is completely blindsided. Like, what the fuck? How did you get this number? And he's telling him, like, you know, you've taken my my name. The papers and the police and the media, they're all talking about you when I'm the one that burned down that boy's home. Also, fuck you, Marcus. I see that you got you this spicy little Mexican girlfriend and such and something. Something he said was derogatory. He said, oh, I got a tip, you know, about you being at the school and whatever else. What happens is, which they didn't say explicitly, but I think it is to be inferred or, or to assume that Shabanam's parents are in dog cages and dressed up like dogs. And Chester, the burnt face guy, is feeding them dog treats through the 
whatever. So I'm thinking that maybe he's held, he's holding them hostage and they have to get messages from their son, who is the roommate of uh, Marcus and help Chester to kill him or to find him. I'm thinking that's what's going on. Uh, that's my crazy, cold, crazy prediction. Uh, so yeah, so that's that, and I'm um I'm I'm excited. But this scene was so dark and so heavy. We find out that Chester has Chico's head in a ice bath or ice bucket trough, whatever, at Shabanam's place, and he says, "Either you come find this body in three days, or I ship it to Mexico to the cartel with a note." telling them who killed you know who killed me or whatever this shit me explaining it isn't doing a well enough job like to watch this scene this really this scene and the one where madam g fought the uh tracksuit dude and had brandy carved that a in his head made this a very dark episode and i think a little bit darker in tone than the others have been though it is a school about assassins so y'all I don't know what the fuck going on. Uh, I, I have some ideas of some stuff that's going to come next. But even if they do everything that I have in my head, they still have done such a great job. I am okay with whatever comes next. I'm hoping we get more of Gabby. Uh, she's cool and all, but I do want more black women at the actual fucking school. Let me get that. Um, and then as another quick aside, Willie... And Marcus are able to work at this comic book shop with the blessing of Master Lin as long as their grades are up. So it's it's a weird kind of setup, but whatever. Um, in the comics, Marcus does work at a comic shop as well. So that's been that. Uh, yeah, so thank you all for listening. Uh, as far as favorites, this episode, everybody black. Willie, hands down. Um, that's the default. But a favorite would have to be... I don't know. I really enjoyed Billy. You know, he was a little carefree this episode. Between Marcus, Saya, and Maria, it's kind of the trinity. Maybe all of them. Because uh, one important scene I left out is that right after Maria is sent away by Saya, Maria's like, oh, you must be jealous and this and that. And Saya talks to Marcus. He's like, you need to get her to fuck together. Because if you don't, she going to fuck up and tell somebody and all our lives is on the line. Well, right after that, Marcus is like, she's not my wife, which makes a fucking dick move. Like, bro, don't, whatever. You still are in a relationship with her. Like, her problems, you have to take on a bit of some of the person's problems who you're in a relationship with. Not to say you need to carry the load or be, you know, the sole reason why this problem gets rectified or not. But, like, you're in a relationship. If you're, if you're not willing to shoulder some of the problems that this person has, why fucking be with them to begin with? Man, so uh, this is where Marcus finds out that Maria is bipolar and hasn't been taking her meds. And he was like, shit, something. I always find my way in these situations. And so I was like, oh, great. How do you make this about you? Well, in Marcus's defense, his parents were killed by someone who was released from a mental institution. Thanks to the president who were not on their meds. So I get that, you know, so he's like, well, why didn't she tell me? And why did she tell me that she took these meds? And why did she tell me she was bipolar? And I'm sure that's not something you just walk around telling people. But I, I I felt him because we know what happened to his parents. But then I was like, eh, even still, like, I don't know. So the worst part about it is that someone shot an arrow at his head 
Saya caught it. And Marcus chased right after who the fuck did it. Comes to find out it was Maria. And she was having an episode talking about, I knew she would catch it and wouldn't kill you. Just like I knew she tried to steal you and this and that. And then they end up fucking bare naked in the courtyard. And scene. This was heavy and intense. God damn. Uh, favorite scene, Marcus, uh, excuse me, Willie and Gabby at the comic book shop. <laughs> all right, y'all. So thank you all for listening again to... <laughs> A Deadly Class Act. This is a Carefree Black Knight review of Deadly Class. Make sure when you're listening to this episode, you use that hashtag ADCAPod. If you want to get in touch with me, Twitter is probably the most immediate way, Carefree Blurred. Or you can hit me up in the DMs on Instagram at Carefree Black Nerd. Email me, carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com. Um, check out the other shows on the Carefree Black Nerd feed. Sundays are Carefree Black Nerd proper. Mondays are... Riverdale, Tuesdays, Daily Glass, Wednesdays, Black Lightning. I had a brain fart, <laughs> uh, But yeah, there's some other things coming down the pipeline. Just make sure to support. Please rate, review, subscribe, like, all that good stuff. Leave me a review on iTunes. Leave me those five stars. Also, if you're using the SoundCloud app, make comment. Let me know what you think uh, on there too. You know, I'll take it all, any and all of it. <laughs> <laughs> so with that being said guys please stay carefree stay nerdy stay geeky and stay the fuck on your medication if you guys take medication take it drink water take your medication take your pills people do not just go off of your pills consult your physician take your drugs man <laughs> all right y'all oh <laughs> also real quick so we find out that maria family was murdered and of course, in true Deadly Class fashion, we get a comic panel style reenactment where Maria, dad, was, I guess, working for Chico's father. He stole some money or some resources. That family came in, Chico's family, and fucking murdered Maria's folks. They sta- stapled, they staked, staked? Hung him up. Hung, what? Wait, so what? <laughs> what they did was set her mother on fire split the throat of her brother and took the dad out into the field and or the open square and and nailed him to a cross and chico's dad was like they call me the devil i might as well act like it nailed that motherfucker up there then he got ready to kill maria and chico as a little boy like no dad she's useful don't don't kill her or some shit and like the dad bent down looked at her was like yeah she has the face no one would suspect and snatched her up Woo, yeah all right all right, I'm going for real, y'all. All right, hit me back. <laughs> Careful.